Happy holidays, Fempreneurs. This is Lindsay Berry here. I'm so excited for 2021. We are kicking off the new year, January 4th to 7th, with the first ever Fempreneurs Leadership and Marketing Conference. And the woman that I'm interviewing in this podcast episode is Sharon Hughes. She is one of the speakers at the conference. You are not gonna wanna miss her workshop. She's gonna be helping us break up with our past self and move forward into the life we were meant to live. Be sure to check out her workshop and the 29 other workshops. That's right. We have 30 live and interactive workshops at this conference. Go to yycfemprinters.com to learn more and let's dive into the episode. Let's get started. I want you to share a bit of your story. Um, you are a best-selling author of a book called The Girl in the Garage. Did I get that right? Yes, you did. Yeah. You get a prize. <laughs> Yay! And yeah, you're going to be talking to fempreneurs at the conference about breaking up with their past selves and really stepping into their power and their purpose. Right. How did you come to be a, a, an educator and teaching women about this stuff? Well, it's kind of funny because I didn't set out intentionally to, to end up where I am, but I think it was probably the divine path all along. I had started a, a wholesale line and it was very successful. I, I got a call from my showroom one day that said, oh, we just had an order from Dubai. And I remember going, I don't even know where Dubai is. Let me go look at a map. <laughs> so anyways, um, I started putting on entrepreneurial events for women because I just wanted to encourage women to pursue their dreams. But it was kind of a long, it's kind of Long story short is that I pivoted and I decided I didn't want to talk about business anymore. I wanted to talk about matters of the heart. And my experience in my business was that even though I was having a lot of success, I was working like crazy, crazy hours and I felt so unworthy. And I got to this point where I remember just being so exhausted and just thinking, you know, there's got, there's got to be more. And how come I'm not having really the financial success that I was after? Why is it that I'm working so hard and feeling like it's never enough? Like yeah. no amount of magazine publicity was enough. And those were just kind of little hints that I didn't realize were hinting to the bigger picture. Was it, even though I had like, crazy, crazy confidence. I had really deep self-worth issues. So when I, you're sorry, I just need to pause you there because uh -huh. when you said that to me the other day, when we had our first conversation, that really struck me Yeah. because I never, ever once thought about the fact that those are separate things. I always assumed kind of, and like, just thought they were the same right. thing, but this has been coming up in conversations with a lot of the fempreneurs and, and, and so I just love how you just came into this world at this exact time. I mean, I know you've been in this, this world, but the, I mean, the fem, Fempreneur land, our little community here, um, it's not a little community, but yeah. Um, so talk more about the difference between confidence and self-worth for a minute, if you don't mind. Oh yeah. Because everybody seems to think that they're the same thing and you know, they hold hands, they hold hands very tightly. Confidence is really, and, and this can be hard for some people to understand, Con there's there's layers to confidence, but we'll use confidence in your skill set. So whatever it is that you do, I like to use um, somebody that's open to bakery. I have a really good friend actually that used to come to my events, moved to Alabama, and hi Jamie, it looks like you're on here, and you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Amber. Amber <laughs> is very very confident. She opened, she bought this old historic building, renovated it, and makes like the most gorgeous cakes on the entire planet. 
She's very confident. You put that girl in the kitchen, she knows what she's doing. So yeah. she's confident in her skill set, like many of us are. We know we can go and give a talk. We know that we can, you know, close the deal. Whatever our thing is, what our gig is. But at the end of the day, when I would go home, I was struggling with, like, do I deserve it? Am mm. I worthy of love? Am I mm. worthy of success? So, kind of like bigger issues. And it wasn't yeah. until really dove into self-development and really a, a lot of the things that you guys hear out there that are a little woo I call them woo woo because th they kind of hint in the new age you know like the book the secret a lot of the stuff that's in there it's like that's like golden old knowledge that's biblical and being that I, I'm faith-based I was I started to see that and I was like whoa and as I pressed into my faith and I started having healing from my past because my past was crazy. It was full of abuse and just really, really bad things. Mm -hmm. I started that pattern. And that was when um, really the idea of the book was birthed because I realized there are patterns of belief that we fall into and they come on so subtle, like a little whisper mm -hmm. that you don't even know it until you're in neck deep. Mm -hmm. And if we don't deal with that stuff, we're just going to drag it around into our relationships, into our businesses. We're not going to feel good and confident and, and worthy of what we're doing. So there's mm -hmm. a disconnect. So you can be confident in your skill set and kill it, like close those yeah. figure deals and then go home at night and lay in bed staring at the ceiling and thinking, I'm too fat to be loved. Nobody because oh. I'm so fat. So see, that's the self-worth issue. You're confident, yeah. that, but you've got a self-worth issue. Wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. It's crazy deep. Yeah. I'm so happy you're going to be presenting at the conference. I know probably, I don't know like, what the statistics are, but I would guess that like 90% of us fempreneurs who are kicking ass and taking names and doing amazing things don't really feel worthy of it yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. And I, I definitely struggle with that at times. So do you, do you mind sharing a bit of the story behind where that came from in your childhood and how that became a book? Oh, gosh. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So here's, here's the book for anybody interested. Yeah. It, it is a workbook. So in the beginning, I tell my story and I had a crazy dysfunctional family. I was abused a lot, like not just family, but people outside of my home as well. And there was no mm -hmm. one to tell. You know, people always wonder, like, why victims don't tell. There's no one safe to tell. And when you're a right. child, you don't call 911, right? right? So crazy stuff happened to me. And the book is called The Girl in the Garage because when I was 16, I was handed a drink at a Halloween party by a girl, actually, which is interesting. But it was the sister of my date. I was 16. The boy was older. Um, you know how bad that's probably going to be. Why my parents let me go? Who knows? But they were crazy. Um, I woke up seven hours later in a garage and I never got any help. And my mindset was, I'm just the girl in the garage. I, this, because I had already had the stage set with so much abuse, I felt like I'm here for the taking. Like mm. I felt so voiceless. And it's kind of interesting too, because years later I did some therapy sessions and I remember talking about how er my earliest memories of abuse and the, the struggle I was having with, you know, all the whys and things like that. And I remember him yeah. saying, 
to me, you were taught this. So like now we hear a lot of things, you know, in the media about human trafficking and how people are groomed for trafficking. It's absolutely true. And mm. I thought, I mean, I could have been trafficked when I was mm -hmm. unconscious for all those hours, but um, yeah. thankfully I wasn't. But that was the pattern that set the stage for me thinking that I wasn't worthy of really being loved for who I am. Right. And put that into romantic relationships. I married men that were emotionally unavailable. And they, it, that's, see, that's how you can see the pattern is my parents yeah. were emotionally unavailable. You marry what's normal, typically. Mm -hmm. it's, it's unusual for someone to have like a really fantastic family, home life and everything, be full of confidence and self-worth and then marry somebody that's super destructive, that's, you know, abusive. That's not the typical, that's kind of rare. Yeah. Right. I know it's a lot, wow. a lot for some yeah. morning, huh? <laughs> it is. It's, but you know what? Go hard or go home is my motto. Um, and I'm so happy to have met you. You're feisty. You're smart. You're doing, uh, you're doing so much with all the stuff you've been through instead of just holding on to it and being quiet. Like I think too many women do. So thank you. And so do you want to talk a little bit now about your fempreneur journey and how you became a business owner and what that looked like and why, you know, you took the plunge? Yeah. So where I'm at now, um, I, I think starting those entrepreneurial events and well, I mean, even to back it up, I learned how to sew when I was a kid. So I was doing some sewing for, um, a couple of like little boutiques and things like that. And then I just one day just said, I think I'll start a line. And that was in March. And in July, I was in what they call the temporaries when you go to the, when they, they call it going to market. And when you go to market, there's always like the permanent showrooms and then there's the temporaries. So I was in the temporaries. I got invited in by a showroom in LA. Then I got invited into another showroom in Dallas. So that was like that journey. And honestly, it was, I don't know why it was just easy. It wasn't, it wasn't hard. And that was why I wanted to do events for women. Cause I was like, if I can do this, anybody can do this. But then the pivot, I think that was setting the stage to do this work mm -hmm. was that I had to walk through that experience of having success, but not feeling self-worth so that I could articulate that to other women. Because now at this place, it's like, I feel like this was my, my, calling of my life like to be healed and healthy and done all the work and get some training and all that kind of thing so that I could turn around and and bring women on their journey so that they can get that breakthrough and you know it's it's the the work is hard but it's not yeah it's, if that makes sense it's hard but it's yeah. not I think it's because you have to be you have to be determined to fight for yourself. Because I, I call, I'll, I'll say this about the garage. It was like a bloody street fight getting out of the garage. Of course, it wasn't physically, but emotionally it was. Because I had to learn how to fight for myself. So those events were taking place, you know, like from childhood through, you know, 16, 17, 18. And it wasn't until my mid 40s that I did the work. And wow. whatever reason, I've heard that's normal, that a lot of women don't do the work until they're older. Hmm. Hence the midlife crisis. <laughs> right, right. You have, a, you have a couple boys, right? 
two boys? I have three kids. Yeah, my oldest, okay. my girl is a is a nurse, and then I have two sons. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Eighteen. And um, what's that? They're eighteen and up. Yeah. Wow. And I mean, that'd be a whole other uh, interview slash podcast interview to talk about like their perspective of, of watching you go through that transformation and seeing you sort of step into your purpose and really live, you know, the life you were meant to live. Like that must have been really neat for them to watch and maybe a little scary at times. I don't know. <laughs> no, you know what is so funny about this? So a year ago when I had my book launch party, two of my kids were there. One of them was living out of state at the time. And yeah. there question from the audience saying, well, what was this like for your kids? And I was like, well, two of them are here, ask them. And my daughter was like, we never knew. We never knew our mom had went through all this stuff. Wow. We had a normal life of mom making sandwiches and baking cookies. And I, and you know, I was so grateful for that. But at the same time, mm. I so many women, you put on your game face to survive. You just do. You figure mm. out what you got to do to navigate. Now, it doesn't work for some. You know, some really fall into some really disparaging situations with addiction. You know, we've all heard the stories. You got, you know, 10 kids and five baby daddies and all that stuff. And I was actually shocked when a therapist told me, you don't look like the stereotypical person that's been through this. Like, people look at you and they don't know. And I was kind of like, well, what is that supposed to be? But then he elaborated, He's like, because they usually end up, you know, on welfare, on addicted, you know, like really going into worse situations. And I was like, mm -hmm. really? But for uh -huh. me, I thought you put on your game face and you learn how to survive. And the women that I've talked to that have had similar situations, they did the same thing. Mm -hmm. They've figured out how to navigate. I, maybe that's just like an instinctive Maybe that's instinctive. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think I think survival instinct com combined with maternal instinct in a lot of situations. I mean, right? I yeah. feel like we get given those 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 survival instincts and the maternal instincts when we become mothers and that combined I think is the fight right. rather than flight. But I mean, I guess everyone's story is different. I I definitely haven't been through the kind of trauma you've been through. However, I do have that unworthiness from different things that happened in my childhood and just different things that, you know, are about who I am just because that's who I was, the family I was born into, not that there was any fault there or anything, but yeah, um, it is very interesting. The more, the more fempreneurs I interview and get to know just to see the patterns mm -hmm. and, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I haven't interviewed a lot of women that went from, for, like you were saying, like from welfare and, you know, living on the streets and pulled themselves out of that. And I look forward to meeting more of those women because that, you know, that, that, that must be really hard too. But anyways, I totally went off track there. What I wanted to ask you next was more about your fempreneur journey. So when you, you didn't talk a lot yet about your business that you had, you were saying, you know, I got an order from Dubai and I was kind of like, wow, that's really cool. But I never really owned it because of the <laughs> self-worth issue. So take us back to when you started that business. Like did, did your background in sewing as a kid kind of transition into that business or how did that come to be? It totally did. So yeah, the business was called Pansy Cottage and Garden because I don't know why, but in the 2000s, everything was cottage and garden. So right. Um, yeah, and it was just like aprons and table linens and pillows and that kind of thing. And 
I knew how to sew. I had been a, a buyer at the market, so I kind of knew how to navigate that. I knew a few showrooms. Um, you know, it was just really weird because I was just like, I'm doing this. And like even the basic stuff, I went to a local fabric shop and I looked and I was like, okay, who makes this fabric? I remember going in with a notebook and writing down, oh, this is Covington. You know, this is where they're located, going home, looking it up, calling them and saying, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm new, help me. I need fabric samples and all this stuff. And it was just like, everything fell into place. It was really yeah. So there I was, I had a, a sewing room slash studio in my house. And then I hired a, a sewing contractor, which was, uh, remember the yellow pages? I was like, yes. I need a sewing contractor. Sure enough, they were in the yellow pages. <laughs> I, I drove off to LA and, you know, like this like hole in the wall place. And I had like samples and fabric and I'm like, can you make this? And they barely spoke English. It was hilarious. I didn't speak any Spanish. and. So we went, we just started. And um, then I found another show, another sewing contractor and um, mo moved over just because the one girl had trouble making ruffles. They weren't really equipped to make ruffles and, you know, shabby chic and cottage chic, all that had to have ruffles. So <laughs> it was just super interesting and fun. And um, yeah, and just because I, I was advertising in magazines like Romantic Homes. So I started to have a relationship with them and they started to feature my product. And then wow. to put on events for women, they were called Launch Your Creativity. I just, I called up the editor of Romantic Homes. I said, will you come and speak? And she said, yes. And it was like, every door was an open door, which is shocking to me because now I have a lot of closed doors, but every door was an open door. And it just happened. And that was really setting the stage for where I am now with you know, doing the identity coaching and working in confidence and self-worth and starting Confidence Academy and really helping women just go, you know, who, who do you want to be? You have to be the crap you've been in your past. Who do you want to be? Like, you get to choose. This is your absolute divine right. Your power, yeah. you get to choose. So this is what you want to be. Okay, let's make a plan. Let's make it happen. It's so you went from, go ahead. It's not as hard as people think. Like we overthink it and we self-sabotage hundred percent. Yeah. Ugh, right. Yeah. Um, how did you go from, you know, your business with, you know, all these cute frilly home decor items to these events you mentioned, what were those events called in launch your creativity? Yeah. So while you had your business <laughs> yeah. designing and selling these products, you started supporting like up and coming female entrepreneurs through events or how did that? I did. And it was, wow. is, um, there's this gorgeous tea room here in Southern California called Paris in a cup. So it's like a French gorgeous tea room. And in the front was their gift shop. Well, they carried my product line and so my rep was like, you need to go and see Cheryl's tea room. It's like, you know, over the top gorgeous. So I did met Cheryl. Now she's my dear, dear best, best friend. And we were in a really a brand new business relationship when I called her up and I said, I want to do events for women and I'd like to have them there. Can I do that? And she's like, okay, what do you want to do? And we just did it. And she spoke because she had like a, a banking and business background. So she was a speaker and 
it, it was just the weirdest thing. It was like this chain of events. I called up Romantic Homes and I said, I need more speakers besides Jacqueline. Who do you know? And they gave me names and I called these women. I was like, hi, I'm Sharon from Pansy Cottage. I'm doing an event. You want to come talk about your business? And every, all these women were like, I'm in, I'm in. It was crazy. It was so, it's so cool. Did you feel like, how, like, because I feel like I've, you know, for example, the conference you're speaking at next, in January, like that was just like an obvious need of this community that I've built. And I was like, they need this. I've got to do it. Even though it looks like a bloody nightmare, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but like, how did you come to, to doing that? Were you being asked by these clients of yours to do something like that? Or like, how did you know that was the next door you needed to walk through? That's a great, I have no idea. I just woke up one day and said, I think this is a good idea. I think I'll do this. It, I get ideas like that. Okay. <laughs> so you just had a vision for it and you just yeah. knew that it would be awesome. And had you been yeah. to events like that and thought to yourself while you were there, like I should do this because I could do a better job or. Actually, no. No. Um, at the same time, I was doing some of these like high end flea markets where girls will put up their canopy and full on like hang a chandelier out of a, you know, 10 by 10 tent. And I remember doing that to sell some of my product on the side. And um, there was, there was always these women pitting against each other and yeah. the gossip and all that. And I remember thinking, we need a sisterhood. Like what is wrong with women? Why, <laughs> why is it like this? immediately oh my god her booth is prettier than mine there's a line to get in her booth nobody wants my stuff you know i'm green with envy so i need to lash out at this person because they're they're doing better than i am that was one of my observations and i was like well like even just or just what i said that sentence nails mm -hmm. it it's the i'm not worthy somebody else has worked hard established their business has has a clientele that comes to the flea you know like every single time and buys something from this gal and i'm gonna sit there or whoever i'll use me i'm gonna sit there and be green with jealousy and think that i'm not worthy because somebody is doing better like people don't stop and think how hard did that person work what have they put in to mm. develop those relationships and that clientele you don't just show up on day one of the scene and knock it out of the park. You've got to refine what you're doing, find out if what you're offering even meets with the market once and yeah. work your butt off to make sure that you're, you're fine tuning things as you go. You know, mm -hmm. it's anything. It's kind of like, so let's take like what you eat. You know how people will be like, oh, you know, this diet didn't work for me. So they just give up. Whereas somebody else will be like, no, I found out I'm sensitive to milk. So I got to stop drinking milk. And then they continue on their health journey and they go, oh, I found out I'm sensitive to bread. So I'll stop eating bread. It's the mm -hmm. same business. You, you look at it and you go, okay, this isn't working for me. So let's take that off the plate and let's continue to move forward and figure out what mm -hmm. does work for me. Instead, they get all pissed off up in arms and they quit <laughs> right right exactly and it's and like to your point of like you created a community through these events because you saw a need for women to be on each other's team instead of be voting against each other and that is ultimately you know why the femprinter community was born here in canada as well and um to have you you know and okay so i i want you to share the story of how 
you and I connected because I think it's kind of awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You guys, <laughs> MailChimp, ugh. Your MailChimp challenges led you to me. <laughs> yeah, so I was trying to do something in MailChimp, and I was like, why is this not working? Their tutorials weren't giving me the answer. I went on YouTube and did a search, and I found Lindsay. And I sat there, and I watched her thing, and I was like, well, let's see what else she's got. So I just started looking through all of her stuff on YouTube, and I was like, she's having an event. I was like, ooh, I wonder if she'd let me talk. So I filled out an application, and I thought, oh, there's no way. She's probably going to be like, oh, you're too small potatoes. This is, this is a big deal. <laughs> and then the first time we talked, you're like, you're in Canada? <laughs> you're in Canada? I knew you had to know, but I thought she was in the Midwest here in the States. I'm like, what are you doing up there? Oh my gosh, right? I'm so excited. Like, I love that that's how we met. That's so fantastic. Really funny. Yeah, my like meant to be stuff. It's it's funny. Oh, totally funny. All right. Well, I know we got to jump off here and get on with our days. Um, I guess last little thing I'd like you to talk about is what you're going to be sharing at the conference. Just tease the heck out of these ladies so they go sign up, the ones that aren't signed up yet. Oh, we are going to talk about how to break up with your past and really thinking about who it is that you want to be. I'm going to talk to you about taking back your power and learning how to trust yourself, learning to trust your inner voice and giving yourself permission just to mess up. Like who cared? You messed up. So what? That's part of it. That's part of the process. And we're going to make peace with it once and for all. <laughs> yeah. And Sharon is such a wise woman and she has such incredible life experience and she's a ray of sunshine. Like if you have an opportunity to get into a zoom room, with her, like, regardless of what she's talking about, you want to be there. And so uh, I have your session pulled up here on my computer. My computer is sleeping. So um, I will tell you when it is in a moment. But what you do is you go register for this conference, ladies watching this and listening to this on the podcast. This, session, this um, episode is going to air um, last week of December. So there's still time for you to register for this conference at yycfempreneurs.com slash conference. And... Yeah, Sharon's session is Tuesday, January 5th from 7 to 8 p.m. So clear your calendar. Make sure there's nothing in the calendar that night. Make sure to be there. She's going to be sharing some awesome stuff with you ladies. So thank you so much, Sharon, for Googling uh, whatever it was about MailChimp, for throwing your name in the hat, for being here today on Instagram Live and on the podcast. And I look forward to getting to know you better and, and sharing you more and more with with the community up here in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lindsay. I'm thrilled to be with you. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, Lindsay Berry here again. Before you take off, I just want to share with you how excited I am for the Fempreneurs Leadership and Marketing Conference, for having Sharon Hughes, being willing to share her knowledge, her passion for helping women succeed in our conference at one of our workshops oh man we've got just such a powerhouse lineup of speakers for you january 4th to 7th so make sure to go and grab your ticket right now if you haven't already at yycfemprinters.com and we'll see you soon bye for now